Welcome to the Higher Ed Demand Gen Podcast, helping higher education marketing leaders share knowledge about learning, strategies, and tactics that are relevant today. See what you can learn today by listening to one of our episodes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Higher Ed Demand Gen Podcast, hosted by Concept3D. Today, I'm very, very excited to be talking about Coach Prime and breaking the cycle in higher ed marketing. And for that conversation, we have an amazing guest here with us live at AMA here, Jennifer Schufer. She is the Assistant Vice Chancellor of Marketing and Content Strategy at University of Colorado Boulder, which is also my alma mater. So I'm really excited to talk to you today. And again, yeah, we're live at AMA Symposium in Chicago. So this is going to be a really exciting conversation, and I'm really stoked to have you. Thanks Thank for joining. you. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited to talk to you, too. It's always fun to see what our alums are doing, and yeah. We're doing podcasts. We're doing podcasts. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I actually went to the game on uh, Saturday oh. before coming here. I, I know. I'm I, so sorry. <laughs> I told all my friends this, but I, I talked to you, and I got so excited after that I texted all my friends, like, hey, are you guys going to the game? <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's literally it's what happened. Excited game though. Yeah, but you told me about how alive the campus is now, and I had to see it for myself. Yeah, and you were right. It, there is a lot of energy. It's I've never seen the crowd that or the stands that full. Yes, crowd, so. it's very energizing right now. Definitely, yeah. and I do ask all my guests on the podcast this question, which is an icebreaker. Okay. What do you love about higher ed? Oh, I mean, higher ed is such a such a special place to be able to do marketing, so very mission-driven. And uh, I don't know, there's just a lot, there's a lot of special. And the, the mission of helping people find a place for higher education um, is heavy. Uh, there's a lot of responsibility to it, um, but it's so life-changing. And you never know how it's going to catalyze you into your career or your life. And um, it's a really exciting place to be. Thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, can you kind of relate it to that is, can you tell us a little bit more about your role and your time at CU as well? Sure. So I've been at CU since 2006. And I started as their associate director for recruitment in the Office of Admissions. Mm -hmm. And um, I was... As part of that role, I had about 30 people reporting to me. I did application reading, traveling, call center, visit programs, big events. All of those things were part and parcel to that position. Mm -hmm. And then I was asked to start an embedded uh, marketing and communications team in admissions. And uh, we did that starting in 2010 and uh, grew that team to be about 10 people. And we did everything from really strategic marketing. So pulling all the pieces together, not just doing printed material, not just sending an email, but how do all of the pieces integrate mm -hmm. and work together with, you know, the mission of driving awareness and then also getting students to apply and know if this is the right place for you to, uh, to attend. And then just before the pandemic hit, my whole admissions team moved into the central office uh, for marketing and communications. Um, and so we joined in with our multimedia producers, our content writers, graphic designers, uh, web, UX, UI. And that's really the team that I lead now um, is focused on marketing and content strategy, not just for recruitment and enrollment, mm -hmm. but broadly for the whole campus. 
um, and all of the partnership and matricing and collaboration that needs to happen across campus to make marketing and content strategy happen. How big is your team now? Uh, I have about 22-ish people okay. um, that are on my team now. That's amazing. Yeah. And what do you think, having this background in recruitment and enrollment, like, like what, how do you have a fresh perspective or a lens, do you think, coming into the central marketing team? You know, what I bring is all the years of student service work that mm. I've, that I have done. So I've always been thinking about the student. So from an audience perspective, making sure that the student sits at the center of every decision that you make and that what it is that we are doing as content creators is in support of the student. One of the things that I've mentioned to my team before is, you know, we're sort of the, um, the narrator on the student's journey. Mm. And we're sort of nudging, we may be whispering in their ears, helping them understand what might be the next right step. And so that's where I feel a really big responsibility, not just to the brand, but also to the student's experience with the brand and how are we facilitating that and how are we cultivating that using marketing, using communication as a tool to facilitate their success. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, if the student is not successful, then we haven't done our job. We've failed. Right. And that's where you know, I find this a pretty, there's a lot of responsibility that goes around mm -hmm. uh, to doing marketing communication at a university. Um, it's not you know, for profit, it's for helping people successfully earn that degree or whatever credential it is that they're working on um, at that point in time. Yeah. Do you have like an example of something that shifted in the last six or 10 years since you've taken on the new, new role and responsibility around like how you've changed this focus on the student-centric journey? Uh, last academic year, we really worked to create a student, a new student communication model okay. where it has these seven concentric rings and we have the student at the center and key to their journey is what their faculty and their advisors are doing to help them mm -hmm. understand and navigate the academic part of their experience. And then the next circle out is their college school or program. And then the next circle out from there is more like the business offices. And we kind of just move out from there. And so in talking about that student communication model, it was, well, what are the communication tools that a faculty member and advisor would use? Mm -hmm. What sort of tools, templates, and trainings does, do those messengers need in order to speak directly to the students? And then on the flip side, how do we cut back on the noise yep. of all the other circles so that the student can really at their core understand what does my advisor and my faculty member, what are they asking me to do in order to be successful in my current coursework? And then how do we then sort of quiet the other pieces of communication content that everybody wants to talk about, join the band and do this and do that, mm -hmm. but really they're here for their education. How do you balance all those pieces? So we spent all of last year really explaining the communication model and really helping people understand. And then this academic year, what we did was put together toolkits uh, for our communicators who are in right. our college schools and programs to say things like, hey, we know you want to talk about suicide prevention. Let us give you the content and some templates that you can take the content that the health and wellness experts have written so it's appropriate it's mm -hmm. tried and true to the health industry 
and you can use this content. And that's really helped kind of create more uh, continuity around what we want to say as an institution about suicide prevention. So that's just one example how we built the model and now we're trying to execute on that model. That's fantastic. And I know in our past conversation, in our introduction conversation, one of your your main goals, high level goals is working on your student persistence, right? Making mm-hmm. sure students persist through their education. And it sounds like, you know, exactly what you're doing, the example you just gave me is to help promote yes. persistence, right? Yes. Because if we want to make sure that mm-hmm. all students understand their options, right? understanding, you know, student development theory that not everybody is ready to hear about this one thing at this point in time, you know, there's, there's a lot of work to produce the content, store the content, and then have it accessible to student when they are, when they are ready for it, right. uh, rather than just continually blasting things over and over and over again. And again, you know, we're kind of the narrators for them and we're helping them mm-hmm. kind of understand how to navigate this thing that they've never navigated before mm-hmm. uh, and how do we help them read the signposts uh, and make right. sure that they see what could be coming next when they're ready for it. At, at C Boulder, does who is directly responsible with student persistence? Does it fall, fall more into student success teams, or it's really everybody at the university okay. is responsible for student success? Uh-huh. And because we all add to the success of students right. in our own way, so the Office of Undergraduate Education has a role to play. Uh-huh. Our advising teams have a role to play. Communication has a role to play. Registrar's office has a role to play. And it's making sure that everybody plays their role at the right time Mm -hmm. and that we're not all trying to do the same work in each space. And uh, the university shares that responsibility. And this is a really big goal for our executive leadership is to unify campus around student success. What does that mean? And what parts of student success are we focusing on? You know, health and wellness, is a really big focal point for the university and how are we helping students with mental health? Um, how are we helping them be aware of the resources that are available? And how are we not adding on mm-hmm. to them feeling stressed and you know right. degrading their mental health? We're really trying to help. Uh, how have you, I know it's a work in progress, right? It's always gonna be, mm-hmm. but what have been some ways that have helped create that alignment? Cause I think student assistance is, you know, something every school is really trying to work Absolutely. towards right now. So I think what we, what we're doing, I mean, it's a, it's not a grassroots effort, right? It's not going to yeah. come from the bottom up. Okay. And it's really alignment across, you know, the, the chancellor, to the provost, mm-hmm. the chief operating officer, you know, and then all the people that report to them really being engaged in the conversation of student success and unifying how we're, defining it and how we are approaching it and really, you know, having those conversations to say, okay, this is what we're doing in the college schools and programs. Uh This is what we're doing in academic affairs. This is what we're doing in student affairs and communication. And so everybody's playing their role, but the the conversation is being had collectively and not in individual silos. And that, that's really how you begin to matrix very complex place Uh and get everybody to move towards the same thing. Gotcha. And who ultimately like calls, I don't know if there's the right way to say, but calls the shots, right? Like it's like 
everyone has their idea, like we should, you know, doing this. Mm-hmm. Does it come down to the senior executive leadership level or so how does I, that process work? I think, you know, you have um, Catherine Eggert, who is, I think, our senior associate vice provost. Okay. And, you know, she is charged by the provost um, to lead our Buff Undergraduate Success Program. Okay. And then we have what's called bus drivers because Buff Undergraduate Success comes down to bus. And so we have bus drivers. And that is, we have our folks from the lead from enrollment management, Mm -hmm. uh, communications, uh, technology, and and student affairs. There are bus drivers. And then, uh, then there's the rest of us who feed into different committees. And uh, that initiative that the chancellor gave us two, three years ago is really what is focusing the campus. And so the decision-making happens, you know, in individual committees, mm-hmm. and then it rolls its way up. And then Catherine helps move things on the academic affairs side. And then, then we have our folks on the administrative side that are working together to make it happen. So... I think there's lots of agency within individual committees, but then there's also, if people get stuck, there are people very high up in the organization who are able to make those calls and say, this is what we're going to do. Thanks for sharing that yeah. detail. That's really helpful. And I know, um, I guess one thing I want to make clear is like, does you have a application issue? Is, is it a problem for you? You know, a lot of schools saw a reduction in applications over the last couple of years. And I wanted to ask where you are at with that. Yeah, so CU Boulder is really fortunate uh-huh. in that it does not really, it doesn't have an application problem. Okay. Um, we do really well in generating interest in the university and in applications. I think what gets complicated is, you know, as students make their way through the journey and mm-hmm. they try on the university, you know, really helping the right ones, students find right. the right fit. Um, you know, there's a lot of reasons for application increases, you know, going to the common application, it's easy for people to apply to multiple schools. Yes. It's not as laborious. Um, we also now have a free application, a couple of days in the state of Colorado. And so you remove the fee barrier and that increases applications. Um, and so, I mean, my enrollment co- management colleagues, you know, would say right. that it's not easy to get applications. You have to earn the student's application. Yes. But from a strictly numbers perspective, no, it's that's not the hard part of the funnel for us. Gotcha. And that makes sense now that you're really trying to work, focus on helping the student, mm-hmm. student success and student attention, right? Yeah. So that's, that's fantastic. I think one thing you shared in our intro call that I really liked what you mentioned is about you going kind of earlier back to our conversation about reducing some of the noise and communication. Mm-hmm. You also thought that this could, in the student's journey, not only does this help the student, but it actually helps the business side of things as well and how it could uh, reduce inefficiencies and even like not have to raise costs by improving these programs as well. Like, I think you had a point on that that I thought was really interesting. Yeah. So, you know, as you get more sophisticated in your technology uh-huh. stack, and so, you know, what sort of marketing and communication tools do you bring in to align how you're doing communication, how accessible data is, um, how you are governing both your technology and your content? Mm-hmm. Um, it makes it a little bit simpler for staff to be able to do right. the work, which means that you can be more efficient and you can have broader impact. And, um, you know, when you have a lot of manual processes, it takes up a lot of staff time and there are definitely efficiencies to be had around using and leveraging technology 
um, to make things more impactful and more efficient for staff, um, which at the end of the day should reduce costs for students or at least hold costs at bay because you don't have to keep adding and adding and adding because the technology can be leveraged in a way to help them. That's great. And this kind of goes to the topic around breaking the cycle as well, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, you know, breaking the cycle of people working in silos. And, you know, a lot of the work that we're doing right now is focused on content strategy and being ready to leverage the technologies that the university is investing in so that we can move towards advanced personalization, mm -hmm. which means you build the content. We'll be building content in a very different way than we do right now. It mm -hmm. won't be like synthesized in uh, by project. It'll be, this is the type of content we need to develop about cost of attendance. And you build all the content around cost of attendance. You put it in a content management system. And then mm. as the student is ready for that information on whatever channel, the technology is set up to get that content to the student at the, the right, right time. time. Yeah. And the only way that you can do that is through working really hard with your colleagues and you can't be siloed. You have to do that collaborative work. You have to work closely with colleagues all over the campus. You cannot take your ball and go home. You right. have to really work hard um, on relationships in order to make that to, to happen. And if we don't, like, if the grown-ups in the room can't figure out how to work together, the students are really going to suffer. Mm -hmm. um, and their inability to persist is really on us because we can't come together and work together, um, which does not seem like that's going to be the case at all. Um, we have really great colleagues and everybody's really hungry for a lot of this change that we're um, embarking on. And it should really help benefit both staff and students um, and you know, at the brand as well. The experience yeah. is better than the, the brand engagement it should get better too. As an alum, that gets me really excited. <laughs> That's good to hear. Awesome. <laughs> That's so awesome. Well, switching gears a little bit, but still related. Mm -hmm. So there's Coach Prime now, right? Yes. With the CU, uh, yes. CU Boulder uh, football team. There's a lot of press. A lot of people know about Coach Prime now and the Prime effect. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering what the Prime effect has been on you and your social marketing team. Sure. So I think for the most part, um, the prime effect has really impacted mostly my strategic communication colleagues and uh -huh. colleagues in uh, that area that work directly with athletics. Okay. Um, the athletics department has their own marketing folks right. who have probably been more directly impacted, uh -huh. who have been more directly impacted than the central marketing team. Uh, where we have started to come in a little bit is the, um, as you would imagine, the volume of new visitors to the website, uh, the number of new followers to our channels has really gone right. through the roof. Um, and so we have um, trying to capitalize a little bit on that awareness mm -hmm. in this moment in time, which we may never have again. I mean, this is a really... It's a unicorn. It really is. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a very, very unique moment. And... Um, so we've, we've tried to do some campaigns uh, uh -huh. to broaden awareness of research and some of the high caliber work that our faculty are doing um, to kind of test out and see the, how do these new audiences um, engage with that content? Do they find it useful? Um, and so we've been playing around a little bit and testing some things out. 
how how crazy are the numbers in terms of website traffic increases? I know how much the CU Buffalo's Instagram account grew yeah. by, but I wonder what the compounding effects have been. I want to say that views to the homepage were up like 500%. 500? Yeah. That's insane. Bananas. <laughs> that's that's incredible. Okay, wow. And that's just to like the main Marcom website, right? Uh, Colorado.edu. Wow, okay. And, and so, so what comes with that is like, what do you do with the traffic, right? Like, where do you take them? How do you uh, segment the audience? Are they coming to learn more about the football athletic program? Are they interested in your school? Because are there some of the questions you're asking yourself? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. Um, but the infrastructure is an important piece right. to funneling people to the right places. Right. And so we have been very intentional with the way that we've mm -hmm. used the advertising and where we're pointing people um, because the numbers to the homepage were after the first two games, I think is what we were right. seeing, the, the huge increase. And then we decided to like, let's see what we can do with some um, advertising and some marketing on top of what's happening. But we didn't drive people to the homepage. We drove them to a very intentional site and curated that content and that experience in a specific way um, rather than just leaving them on the homepage to fend for themselves. That's interesting. And so it sounds like what I'm hearing kind of is there is a shiny object syndrome, obviously, but like you're, you're trying to keep it actually at a very analytical, considerable like approach because yes. you can't let it just be everything that you have. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, the, the university right, is an academic institution. Right. Yes, there is a lot of energy and excitement. Mm -hmm. um, it's almost as if he's awoken something that has been dormant for a really long yes. time. That's yes. what it feels like. I've been on campus for 17 years, and I've never felt it like this before. Mm -hmm. um, and there is just a lot of excitement uh, around campus. And so, yeah, really wanting to test out, like I said, research messaging. You know, mm -hmm. CU's really, really, really good at in space, uh -huh. climate and sustainability uh, right. efforts. And so we wanted to, with this general population that is brand new to us from right. all over the country, how do they respond to marketing messages in that space? Because even though we do uh -huh. really amazing research, we're not as well known as we should be. It's so, like nationally, yeah. I mean, yeah. I was an engineering student for one year before right. I changed majors, but it was impressive just like, facilities like that's what got me going yeah. the crazy labs um like Leeds the, business school is yeah that was where i wanted to go but <laughs> mm -hmm. it's amazing school as well I have a lot of friends who've graduated from their program so yeah i think there's a lot of impressive schools and units in the school so yes for sure that's good but hopefully what i'm hearing is you know hopefully some of this effect will compound into supporting those schools and uh, research a little bit more as well well do you mean directly from a funding perspective um, more for awareness, I would say, okay. to learn about like the yeah. school and then they'll yes. be able to learn about their exactly. programs. Exactly. So, you know, stoking yeah. that curiosity, like, mm -hmm. oh, I didn't even know that that right. was a thing. And where does that take them? Yeah. yeah. And we, I know we already talked about this before, but I was watching ESPN or something mm -hmm. on the prime effect and they showed, you know, four bullet points. A lot of them were donation related or the Instagram increase in followers for the CU Buffalo's team. But one was around applications and yep. it said there's a 41 percent increase in applications already i know you refuted that yet and we won't know the final <laughs> numbers till later this week or at least you won't know the final numbers this week but yeah 
we're, we're still unsure about its effects on applications. Is that correct? Yeah. I would say it takes a long time to earn an application. Yep. And I think that it'll be interesting to see, uh, and our first deadline is mm -hmm. Wednesday, and then the second deadline is in January. But with that increase, there's always a curiosity of, is that increase a real increase? Oh. Or did we just have students apply earlier because they were super excited by what was happening yep. in September and October? And so what really is the net new mm -hmm. applications? And so we won't really know, you know where, where that lands until right. later this week. And then again in January, once we have our second application deadline and, mm -hmm. and complete for the fall. So it would be exciting uh, for sure, right. um, but I don't know if the excitement, again, is generating new mm -hmm. applications or if it's just generating excitement about applying early. Sounds like we need to do another episode in yes. a few months, <laughs> is, is what I'm hearing. For sure. And yeah, there's other things going on, right? I think you're starting to look into the potential impact on a local community as well. Mm -hmm. um, and these are all really interesting things that I want to circle back on. Yeah, for sure. The uh, local community impact, and it's not just Boulder itself, right? But uh, you know the hotels and restaurants that mm -hmm. are in surrounding cities like Longmont and Louisville. You know Very they're cool. seeing an increase in uh, people, at, you know, going into bars and restaurants. Um, people are staying. You know, overflow from Boulder staying in you know Longmont hotels, and you know that's uh, increasing uh, right. economies around there, and a lot of new visitors. The Chambers of Commerce and the Visitor Bureaus are, are in tune with kind of the prime effect and what's happening there. It's definitely affected traffic as well. I experienced yeah. it firsthand on Saturday. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that was interesting. My husband and I went to the, the Stanford game and yeah. we parked off campus uh -huh. and, and walked in because we smart. didn't want to have to battle the traffic. But yeah, that's, it's that's a good thing. Smart. Good thing for the campus. It's a good thing for the city and for folks. And so, you know, as we look, I know, you know, we're nearing the end of the year, 2023. What are some things you're looking forward to in 2024 from CU Boulder perspective or it could just be from a higher ed marketing perspective? Yeah. So I think for what I'm really focused on kind of going into 2024 is um, how we're going to leverage the technology that we, the technology investments that we are putting into place. Mm -hmm and how content strategy is going to need to be built. Um, we're doing a lot of work around uh, the framework of our brand and where that needs to move and evolve um, as we're moving into more advanced personalization. Uh, so learning the new technologies, the capabilities of the technologies, mm -hmm. and how do we need to approach, govern content and how is that going to work across the university? Um, really interested in how all those pieces begin to come together. Um, and I think that's a really huge step forward in having a university-wide integrated marketing and communication plan. Um, and so all, all of the stars seem to be aligning in a really interesting way. And we might actually pull it off. Um, and I think there's a lot of hard work still to do, but. That is what I am most excited about in more the marketing space. And then I would say in the other space, we're working on, on shared equity leadership. And that is really exciting uh, as well. And I'm looking forward to 
just being on the journey of where those conversations right. take leaders around campus and how can we use shared equity leadership to impact the decisions we're making about technology and content and how we govern it mm -hmm. and, and all of that. I think it's going to be really exciting to see all these pieces come to play together um, for the benefit of student success. That's amazing. And that's like more at the strategic planning level, at the executive level or the school strategic planning? The shared equity leadership. Yeah. Um, no, that's campus-wide, okay. and so that's going across campus and then down into leadership positions. Um, and this has been a lot of hard work by our Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Office. Mm. And uh, okay. we've been on a journey for a couple of years now, and, and this is it's really starting to activate and kind of bake down into the university. So really exciting. That's amazing. Yeah. Thanks for sharing so much. You your, your insights and everything. It's been great. I'm wondering uh, where our listeners could follow up with you to understand what you're up to or what you're up to. Um, so you can always find me on LinkedIn. Uh, yep. And I'm happy to talk to folks if you have questions about content strategy or any of those pieces or what kind of technology we're starting to dig into. Um, yeah, LinkedIn's probably the best spot. That's great. Well, thank you so much for joining the you're show welcome. today. I know we got two more days of AMA left, so I'm really excited to attend some more sessions. So be fun yeah it's a great conference i've been coming for a really long time and um i always walk away really energized uh and informed they're they do a really great job vetting both folks that are here in the vendor space but then also in the, the sessions that they are providing to folks so yeah well shout out to ama higher ed yes Thank you. for sure <laughs> thanks so much you're welcome thanks for having me